What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Winter Wonderland, where I can confirm that it is still winter due to the giant snowflakes swirling in the air and the growing snow total on my deck. I think we're at about 14 inches and counting. So winter, <laughs> check. And in case you haven't looked around the scope of Major League Baseball lately, <laughs> yeah, we're still wondering when things are going to get interesting for most teams. However, for the Cardinals, it sounds like their heavy lifting is probably done. Joining me today to talk about a little bit of all of that is the one and only Brad Thompson, former pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, current commentator for ESPN in St. Louis, as well as Fox Sports Midwest. We cover a lot of things in this chat, so stick around. And also, who would be in your Cardinals boy band? Here's Brad. Brad, thanks so much for joining me. First things first, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm getting old, man. It's happening. At 29, right? Yes, 29. Yeah, That's correct. Yeah, thank you is. very much. You do math like I do. It's perfect. 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 At some point, it's always 29. Uh, at least exactly. that's what I'm talking Exactly. I think we're getting there. <laughs> Second thing, um, Backstreet's back from uh, right. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what. I have never done uh, karaoke in my life. We, we have, uh, as a group, we all decided. Actually, I think that Wayno decided that we were going to sing a boy band song uh, at uh, his Big League Impact Karaoke Challenge, and we went for it, and we did end up beating Adam and his group, and uh, they raised a lot of money in the process. So it, it was a win. It was an embarrassing win, nonetheless, <laughs> but a win uh, for well, us. And and uh, evidently an inspiring one, because the Cardinals just announced boy band night as one of their themes in 2019. So They told uh, me that was all my fault. Uh, there you go. Well, that is, that is see, my fault. Now I feel like you should... You should should pick the guys that you would want in your boy band uh, should you be asked for an encore. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this right now. If, if I'm going to pick one, Adam is going to be in it. First because okay. he sings really well, and he embarrassed me by having me out there. So he, he's going to be there. I, I think that this guy, I would love to have him on it, uh, but... He's got too much of a, a big, important job now, probably, is Randy Flores, because he's one of my favorites, and I really think that Flo could do a good job in something like that. Uh, I don't know. You got you got an interesting one for, for – we need one more member, right? Do you have yeah. somebody in mind? Well, I mean, I feel like somebody has to have the hair, right, for a boy band. Harrison? So it kinda, it's kind of got to be Harrison Bader, right? I think that's good. Yeah. He would he would get down on something like that. I yeah. think he'd be totally fine with that. I agree. I agree. Uh, so you know, if there's an encore for boy band night, we'll uh, we'll look forward to that. Um, a lot to look forward to with actual baseball as well. Um, Cardinals making some additions this offseason. But before we get to that, what's kind of your read on this offseason so far? Because once again, we're in the end of January now, beginning of February, and there are still a lot of a lot of guys on the board, not just Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, uh, who don't know where they're going yet. Sure. It, I think it's scary. Like, it, to me, like everybody fights your whole career to be a free agent. That's what you want. That's your holy grail. That's your bite at the apple. And, and like, you only get so many. I wasn't fortunate enough to even play that long to, like, to get to that. But it was always that like great feeling. Right now, that's got to be a terrible feeling to be sitting out there. You're, you're so excited about it. 
I think that a lot of us thought, I, I did, I thought that last year was just an off year. Like, throw that one out, all right, it's not going to be like that anymore. But here we are. We've got two free agents. As you mentioned, there's a lot more. But you've got Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are superstars. They're 26 years old, and they're stars. These are game-changing stars, and they don't have homes yet. Now, we don't know everything. We don't know the, the ins and outs of what they're looking for. Will they not budge? You know, we don't know those things. But I know this. There should be more than a handful of teams that are in on the services of those two guys. And, and unfortunately, and hopefully things change in the next couple of years, but we're heading towards a bad place as far as, uh, I, I think, a, a labor stoppage at this point. I hope it changes. I hope the relationship gets better and better. I know we had uh, on ESPN here in St. Louis, we had Buster Olney on our station yesterday, and he said he's never seen the relationships this bad, or at least since last time that there was uh, a work stoppage. And uh, it's it's a scary time out there for all these guys. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you obviously have the perspective from being a player yourself, knowing kind of what's at stake uh, as you're you're trying to set up your future, right? You're trying to ev- self-evaluate what your your uh, your skill set is worth what you provide to an organization. There's so much in that that kind of behind the scenes business part of baseball that I think a lot of people can't really grasp from from that perspective. And and I think a lot of guys are, are kind of feeling like they they need to put their foot down. Um, but at the same time, now now a bunch of those guys who have don't have sure. don't have a job. Yeah, I think it's interesting because right now I understand both sides. I understand not wanting to. Sign a guy to a 10-year deal when you realize that there's probably dead money on the back end of it. I, I get that aspect of it. But I also get and I understand the fact that if I'm Bryce Harper, if I'm Manny Machado, whoever it is, like I'm looking at the comps over the years and say, man, I'm better than that guy. Or I, I compare to this guy. This guy got an eight to 10-year deal. And that's kind of how the system has worked. It, the union is looking at those guys to set the table for the next one. Nolan Arenado is, is looking at those guys to set the table for him going forward. Mike Trout is looking at these guys to set the table. So it's very hard. I don't know what the answer is. I just know that at some point, there's got to be a middle. There's got to be a middle ground. So whether it's AAVs, like what you make per year goes through the roof. Uh, And I I do think soon we'll see a guy make $50 million a year. I think we'll see that. I think team would rather pay $50 million a year than have a 10-year deal for a guy and have that on the back end. At least you know what you're getting. But, man, it it just shouldn't be this way right now. We shouldn't be talking about this part of it, but unfortunately, here we are. And it's so interesting to me in that I feel like, as you mentioned, because of the players' union, everyone kind of looking out for each other in that regard, the same thing can be said about front offices and and not wanting to be the team that sets a, a precedent that then makes things more difficult for another team. Everyone's kind of trying to balance who their priorities are, are most centered around, whether it's their own sure. their own career, their own organization, or everyone else around them. And I think that adds such a layer of complication to this when not only are you trying to make decisions that are best for your interests, but of so many other people involved. Yeah, I think that uh, and we know that baseball is a business. It has been a business forever. But I think right now, I think normal fans are looking at it and realizing more and more now than ever, it is a business. And that's how teams are going after things right now. So uh, I, I, I wish that we were at the point where, because this is what happens every year in free agency. It's like, okay, we have a plan going into it. And our plan is we're not going to spend however much money on something. 
But then all of a sudden there's back and forth and you get in the heat of that competitive battle. I got to get this free agent. How many teams would Bryce Harper put over the hump and be either a playoff team or, or that that extra one? Cardinals are one of them, right? Um, Manny Machado, same thing. How many teams would they, you know, he put over the hump, but teams are looking at this, looking towards the future, trying, you know, realizing, hey, what we have here may not be as good as that, but in five years it could be. It's, uh, it's such a weird thing. And I, I get it too that... Fans don't oftentimes understand. They think when you're talking about a, a labor stoppage, a lot of times you think, well, these are just spoiled millionaires uh, anyhow. And I get it. Like, they're in a whole different world. Bryce Harper's in a different world than anybody. And you look at the average major league salary. I want to say it's over $4 million now. So I get it if if you're listening to this or you've read something, you think, oh, poor babies. You know, what, what are they looking for? But you can also look at the trends and look at any business. If you believe that you are as talented as somebody else, or maybe you're even more talented and they've been paid more money or have given a longer contract, I think you would understand that in your job as well. Yeah, I think um, everybody wants to feel like they're being valued the way that they should be, regardless of what the industry is. I've had that sure. conversation with a lot of people. I work a lot with uh, minor league baseball teams um, in my real job. And that conversation is a pretty hot topic with minor leaguers oh, right course. now as well, who, I mean, if, if you want to talk about where the, the biggest slice of the pie is going, it's not those guys. Um, it's incredible. My first paycheck, Tara, in, uh, it was, I was playing in Peoria in a ball and my first ever paycheck I got after taxes, I want to say it was 200 $143 or something like that. I right. got an apartment. I got clubhouse dues, got all these different things. Yeah, I, I wish we could figure that aspect of it out because those guys are I, not everybody made a million dollars out of the draft. You know, some guys just kind of got a, a plane ticket and said, go get them. Yeah, that's and really that's the majority of those guys, right? Yep. It's it's not the the select few. Um, in fact, it's the select few who have that Correct. that sort of pool of money to to work from. Um, so all of these pieces are making baseball a very complicated scene right now. Uh, complicated. That was not a planned segue, but it worked out well. Uh, John Mozeliak today, I believe, used the word complicated about the potential of adding any more pieces to the 2019 Cardinals picture, uh, which is not wrong. I mean, they have a, a pretty set roster as it sure. stands, but a lot of people seem to have taken that, um, particularly in relation to Bryce Harper, because that's what everyone wants to talk about right of now. Of course. Um, what do you make of the moves the Cardinals have made? Because let's not forget, Paul Goldschmidt is a really big deal. That's a huge yes. ad for this team. But with Bryce Harper kind of just sitting out there, it's it's a little hard to see um, why complicated would mean impossible. No, well, I, I do believe that complication is a good thing. It can be a good thing. It, you always say you can never have enough good players, right? And Bryce Harper is one of the best players in the game and, and has been. Same thing with Manny Machado. So uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with the whole complicated thing, but I, I don't think I needed his comments uh, today in the Rick Hummel piece to tell me they weren't going after Bryce Harper. I, I feel like that, that had been established. I mean, they pretty much told us that. Uh, and as far as the offseason goes so far, looking at the Cardinals, I, I think you're hard-pressed to look at a team that did better. Who, who has had a better offseason than they have? I think you look at the Yankees, and they've done a very, very good job. Their, their bullpen is fantastic. They've bolstered the middle infield. They've done a good job. But 
Mo had two things that he he came into the offseason saying they were going to get, and they got him. They got a, a power bat in the middle of the order, which and I know I'm sure you've talked plenty about, and everybody has. Paul Goldschmidt is much more than just that. I mean, he's fantastic over at first. He makes everybody better. And I also don't think you make that deal unless you have a firm belief that you can probably have this guy for the long term and sign him to an extension. And, and I know that Mo has talked about it. That, that would be a plan of theirs if, in fact, both sides can agree so you got to love that, and I love the Andrew Miller pickup. He had a couple of injuries last year. I mean, he spent three months on the shelf, but they needed a lefty in that bullpen badly that could go out and get guys. I don't know what his role is going to be. I don't know if seventh, eighth, could be ninth inning, but those are two great pickups for this team. But I am with a lot of fans, and I realize the aspect of Bryce Harper is a complication that most people would love to have. And um, to me – him still sitting out on the market, that doesn't mean to me that the price is going down. To me, that means he's pretty much dug in. He wants what he wants. We at least hear estimates of what he's turned down north of $300 million, and that's just not water that the Cardinals feel is smart for them to be swimming in. It's not that they can't afford it. It just means that they have other plans. Yeah, it's. I do keep hearing the idea that oh, well, I, I think the price must be going down, and that's why he hasn't signed yet. We don't know anything. We know yeah. some slim rumors, especially as on the on the Bryce Harper front. They've kept that very quiet as far as who they're talking to, who they're dealing with, what potential offers are out there. So I would be hesitant to um, to just accept this fact that well, maybe he's come Me down too. to six years at this point because that's very much not what, especially a, a Scott Boris client exactly. is, that, that, tends that, to do. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you know who his agent is. I yeah. mean, they, they're going to be going after every penny. Now, it hasn't always worked out for Scott mm-hmm. Boris either. He's had a couple of clients that fell through the cracks. Mike Moustakis being one of those guys where everybody thought he was set up to get paid and, and he, he was going to have that you know good contract. You think he'd be you know 60 to 100 million and he signs a one-year deal with an option and now still sitting out there. You just never know. But I feel like this Bryce Harper one is we've been waiting for this one since he was in high school, like waiting for this contract to come. And uh, I don't see them moving off their number this easily. Yeah, it's for me, it's it's almost at this point, Boris trying to get the win <laughs> as much as, um, you know, the specific numbers of the contract, sure. because he's been talking about this for years. He's been talking about this since we kind of figured out the timeline for when Bryce Harper would be a free agent and the the strangeness of the space in baseball right now coinciding with the year that Bryce Harper is a free agent. Maybe that's coincidence. I don't know. But it, it, this is not something that Boris is is going to just back off of, I don't think. No, you can't. You, you can't, especially when you have a player like that. who it, These guys don't come around very often. You don't have 26-year-old guys hitting free agency uh, and, you know, have had the years and have the, you know, MVPs and just the the – careers that he's had so far just doesn't happen so you're going to cash in when you get that guy now the the greater discussion will be interesting and it'll be interesting down the road when uh one thing that probably needs to happen with the way things are trending currently is free agency has to hit earlier like if you're not going to pay guys on the back end or you're scared of you know these eight ten year deals well let them get the bite of the apple earlier the problem is if you give that up if ownership gives that up what do they want back like, yeah. well, you know, because they're they're not just going to give you stuff just to give you stuff. That, that part of it doesn't happen. And that's why following this next CBA, while that's not something that's too interesting to most baseball fans, uh, I think it will end up being very interesting because it, it's going to be it's going to be necessary. There have to be some sort of changes made. 
Yeah, the, the landscape is changing and, and changing, I think, faster than a lot of people expected it to. One of those other guys that's been out there and, and rumored to be in connection with a lot of guys, Dallas Keuchel is I know. another another guy that could very significantly improve a, a starting rotation. Do, would it make sense for the Cardinals, uh, again, most comments today seem like they're they're not really open for business right. in that department. But but when but you we don't work at, the, at his office, right? So we <laughs> exactly. We can talk about it anyway. Um, when you look at the pitching staff that the Cardinals are putting together, that rotation has some really strong potential. Yep. There are also some question marks. With as far as I'm concerned, every one of those guys that is penciled into the starting five. How much would a guy like Dallas Keuchel, again, maybe be complicated, but in a good way? Yeah, so for me, and I love the depth that they have. They got 10 guys right now yeah. for five <laughs> spots in the rotation. Like you said, lots of upside there. I, I love it. But I love a guaranteed 200 innings even more. So to me, Keiko's super interesting to me. Like, I really like him or a guy like him. There's not too many guys like him out there. By the way, I love the added layer of he's left-handed and he's that guy uh, in, in the front of the rotation. But I, I agree with you there. I think there are question marks around everybody. You look at uh, I, the two guys I have the least questions of are Miles Michaelis, just because I, I think I don't necessarily expect him to be in the Cy Young race, but everything I watched out of him last year is repeatable. The dude can pitch. I mean, he, he, he's got four pitches. He puts them wherever he wants. He's smart as can be. I, I think that's very repeatable. And the other guy is Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, to me, is the next big thing. If I could sign him to a multi-year deal now, I would do that. Like, that's the next guy that I would lock up personally, just because I, I love everything about him. I love what he does on the field. I love the way he prepares. Uh, so I don't have any questions uh, about him. But health-wise, with everybody else in the rotation, Martinez, don't know. You hope. And he's got ace stuff. He's a Cy Young. If he's healthy all year and he's got it all together, uh Wayno, he looked way better at the end of the year, but you just don't you don't know exactly what the, the whole slate is gonna be. And same to be said with Michael Waka. So Tara, I'm with you. I like the Dallas Keuchel idea. I like adding to an area of strength. And then you, you think of it this way, whoever would get squeezed out of a rotation in a situation like that, well, that guy could either bolster your bullpen, be a safety net somewhere in AAA. It uh, goes back to the you can never have enough good players. So it might get complicated, uh, but it could be a good complication. One of those names that uh, will likely complicate this picture at some point uh, is Alex Reyes. Um it's so interesting to me to sort of follow what his career could be at this point, because I don't know if I've ever seen anyone with more upside that has just struggled to even get a chance to show it off. I mean, those back-to-back -back seasons with those injuries. I saw him last year uh, on in a rehab start in, in Peoria, and Brad, that I've I've never seen a crowd react more to single pitches than Alex That's Reyes cool. throwing his curveball. I mean, like audible gasps at, at yes. multiple back-to-back -back pitches. It's insane what he's capable of. But there's this constant worry now about how he can stay healthy and, and what he needs to do physically to maintain that. And then how he fits into a, a pitching staff with those potential limitations. It's so bizarre trying to figure out what you can expect from this kid. But he, if, if he's healthy, man, he could totally change the dynamic of this team, either in the rotation or in the bullpen, right? 
Yes. Yeah, he's an ace, and he's a net benefit either way. We have all seen Alex Reyes. We know how good the stuff is. You mentioned the crowd being crazy, watching him snap off breaking balls. Like The stuff is amazing, and he is going to help out this ball club. It's going to happen this year. But sure, there there are the question marks. They, you know, Can he stay healthy? Inevitably, by the way, just e- even in himself, I- I'm sure that some of that creeps in <laughs> until it's gone. You got to go out there and you got to go about your business. I had the opportunity during the Cardinal Caravan to uh, be on the caravan with him and get to meet him a little bit more. We've all seen on the surface how great he is. Man, he's easy to root for. Like, yeah. he's got it figured out. He, he's a great, uh, you know, great young man. Like, he's got everything that you'd want in a guy that you're going to put in that position. But he's uh, he struggled the last couple of years to get there. So, for me, the biggest thing this year is figuring out a way to get him enough innings where he can help you next year as a starter. So, I don't know how that fits. I think in a perfect world, you have five guys out of spring training that look so good in the rotation that as good as Reyes looks, you just can't have them there. And then you can send him to AAA, potentially, get some innings under his belt, and then when you have a need, and maybe because I want him there at the end of the year, yeah. and this team is going to the playoffs, because I think they're a playoff team. And it would not shock me one bit to see him closing out playoff games. Like, that wouldn't be shocking at all. But you still have to figure out what you think his job is going to be. I believe that's starter at, at this point. At some point, he's going to be a starter for your organization. So you can't have him throw 50 innings this year and say, all right, well, the next year you'll come in as a starter. And I know Mo talked about this a little bit, too. If he's part of the bullpen, uh, it would be more of a hybrid role, most likely. So kind of uh, think piggyback. So somebody goes six innings, he goes seven, eight, nine, and then has three to four days off and then does that sort of thing again. Because Alex has never pitched back-to-back days. He's never uh, really, you know, had that life where, where that's who he is. But I can't wait to watch him in spring training. Everybody's already pumped up that he's off a mound and, and he's, you know, spinning breaking balls and all of that. But it's a huge factor. you got a lot of good arms already, even without him there. But he's different. He's, he's one of those special arms. It's interesting that you mentioned the piggyback idea. I've had a number of people uh, suggest that the Cardinals have so many arms that maybe aren't the kind of guy that's going to go six or seven innings as a starter, that they could toy with this idea of an opener. Stop um, it. <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're losing track again. I can't see you. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I'm kidding. I just hate that idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think we would see it either. Um, but it's it's interesting how many people are talking about it. Yeah. Looking at Mike Schilt as a guy who's not opposed to some level of creativity, um, I, I think that that's, that may be a bit of a stretch even for him. <laughs> well, yeah, I just think uh, if you're doing something to uh, get some matchups in the postseason, I get it. I just yeah. don't think something like sustainable during a regular season and you're talking about guys you know don't really go you know six seven innings look around baseball like those guys nobody are does <laughs> I mean, there are not too many guys that went over 200 innings last year i think it's less than 10 uh guys that that did it so the game has changed bullpens have gotten better everything's evolved so i don't think you necessarily need that if you no. can get six innings out of a starter that is plenty good, but I wouldn't want three guys down in my bullpen that are piggyback. I, I like my guys. Uh, I, I like to be able to line them up kind of like they have right now in no particular order because we don't know how the closing stuff is going to shake out and who's going to be the guy. But I love having Hicks available at any time, and I love having Miller available. I love what, what uh, Dominic Leone is also. they got some really good pieces. Yeah, when you look at that bullpen uh, makeup, it's going to be interesting. I feel like Leon is a guy that often gets forgotten because we didn't see much of him last yeah, year. He's um, really good. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings to that mix because, um, I mean, Hicks, Miller, John Brebbia, I think was a bit underrated yep. in his role or what it could be last year. But then you have a lot of those young arms that, that Mike may... Myers out of options. Yeah, Mike Myers, another guy that, I, again, may seem like he didn't quite find the right role last year in the way that he was used. But uh, what do you what do you make of the mix of arms that could be in that bullpen this year? Because that was it was a pretty significant point of weakness at, in, in large portions of the season last year. It was for sure, especially early on. They didn't yeah. have that bridge, and then you know, it, it was uh, it was tough. I, I do like all the arms that they have, and I feel like they have a good pool to select from. And talking about the role, and a guy like Myers is perfect for that. I think it's very difficult when you're breaking in uh, to the big leagues, when you're trying to establish that, uh, that you're the guy. You don't get the same reps that you had in Memphis. You know, you're not the go-to guy every single game, so you kind of have to figure yourself out. And it's very difficult to get a feel for the strike zone oftentimes. It's difficult to get a feel for your secondary pitches, and you kind of have to learn and work through that. I think another year like that for, for Mike last year probably helped him out a bit and how to prepare going into it. But when you look at him and you look at Leon and you look at Hicks, and uh, I, I, I like Brebbia a ton. By the way, he I would love to go out to dinner with him. He just seems, <laughs> seems like he's like the yeah. yes, yes. Love it. I need more John Brebbia. <laughs> that is that's such bullpen guy too. It's perfect. That guy couldn't start a game. That guy has to be out in the bullpen because uh, everybody else needs him out in the bullpen. He's just one of those. But uh to me I like the mix that they have. I hope for a bounce back on the left side from Cecil. You have him, right? Cecil had a couple of bad years. Last year was awful for him and um I think that we can all uh, agree that we've had some bad times at, at w whether it be work personally whatever it sucks but what do you do next what well, you know all reports are he looks good he's in better shape and i'm rooting for him I, I hope it happens but if it doesn't happen for him too from the left side you have other options you, you've got a guy like chase and shreve i'm really interested in, in genesis cabrera watching him in spring yeah. training i believe mo likened him to a left-handed carlos martinez i'm interested like i would <laughs> like to see what that guy is um, so the bullpen actually is the area where I agree the most with Mo's comments about crowded, because uh, unless you get a guy that is Craig Kimbrell, if you get Craig Kimbrell, then fine, we figure out the crowd. But outside of that, I mean, there are great arms still available out there, but I like the young controllable arms the Cardinals have enough where I wouldn't necessarily need to jump into that pool. And of course they all have the advantage of Yadier Molina, <laughs> sure. uh, which is an advantage you know quite well from personal experience. What does that do for that youth element? I mean, we all heard last year, Yadier's basically the reason Jordan Hicks ended up on the major league roster. How much does those does having Yadi as, as a resource for those young guys improve their ability to compete at that level? Yeah, you know what? When uh, baseball, you always talk about it. it's a cliche. Hey, it's the same. It's still 60 feet, 6 inches. It's still 90 feet. I'm telling you, it's different when you add the third deck on. And then you get the lights and you get the fans. It's different elements. So you have to, you have to figure that part of it out first. But Yachty slows everything down. Yachty is, he takes the thinking part off. He doesn't just put a finger down just to put a finger down because that's his job. He's already thought through everything. He knows you. Sometimes he knows you better than you know you. You might be getting to a point where I want to throw this. And he's like, no, no, you don't want to throw that uh, at this point. So he takes a lot off your plate, you know, and he helps you. He guides you through. One of my favorite things about Yachty is he knows each pitcher so well, not just their stuff, but what makes them tick. 
So he knows that somebody might need a little pat on the behind and say, hey, you're going to be fine. You're going to be good. Somebody else might need a kick in the rear and say, hey, get your stuff together right now. Let's do this. He knows how to motivate. He knows how to keep his guys uh, you know, in check. And I, I swear there have been so many pitches in my career where they came out of my hand. I'm like, gosh, darn it. Uh, it's going to be like a ball that's, that skips, and he just catches it so clean, so perfectly, and it's a strike. I mean, he just he steals strikes for you left and right. Yeah, he's, uh, he's something that I think we're all, as much as he is appreciated, still maybe uh, underappreciate a little bit for all those Agreed. little things that he does. Agreed. Rick Ankiel. <laughs> Attempting a comeback, of course, a little bit derailed with uh, with the injury right after he started uh, getting a little bit more serious. This is a story that I think is already one of the best in uh, in baseball for so many reasons. Yeah. But if he's able to get back on a mound, pitch in a major league game, I mean, you can't write that. <laughs> no. No, his comp is Babe Ruth. Like, he's doing something <laughs> right, you know? Uh, I, I root for Rick, man. Uh, nobody, I, I've never been through anything like he's been through on the mound and, and having the thing. You know, it's bad when you don't even call it what it is. He had the thing, and the thing was ugly, and it was in front of everybody, and he was talented enough to come back as an outfielder. And he did incredible things. Yeah, the, the first home run he hit back at Bush, like, what was magical like that moment was so cool and i can't wait for the next moment i've been fortunate enough to like uh we do the cardinal fantasy camps and rick does a, a lot of those and he'll just be messing with you out in the outfield and, and he'll tell you hey curveball and he'll snap one off and hit you in the foot like it, it's just so silly what he's able to do rick's one of those guys that he's good at everything so you go play ping pong he'll whoop your ass and he'll do it right-handed and left-handed and he'll do the same thing shooting pool like he's just incredibly talented and he's still got the arm so he's one of those guys he's one of those stories where I root for him you know and you look around there's lots of talented arms out there and, and right now there's lots of free agents that don't have jobs uh, that I hope get one but Rick's another one I, I want this to work so bad for him and I can't wait to watch the movie one of these days yeah that's for sure it's gonna be uh it, it writes itself at that point yep. and you now have the opportunity to uh be behind the microphone for some of these incredible Gary. moments what's that transition been like for you and and what uh what more do we get to hear from you as far as um some of the the commentary roles are concerned this year you know what i uh i loved it last year it was the first time ever doing something like that and getting the opportunity i think it did about 18 games with dan mclaughlin and uh i loved it but i, I will tell you this I'm pretty nervous, a little nervous getting into it. It's like the closest thing I've had from the bullpen phone ringing and mm. my name called was the game was starting. So uh, to me, uh, I think it's all about learning. You know, it's learning when to talk, who, you know, uh, what to talk about, uh, how far I can go. Because I think that my humor might play on different uh, medias uh, better than TV sometimes, you know, so. I, uh, but I, I love it. I love it so much. And I'm excited this year to get the opportunity to be around more. Uh, I'll, I'll do a few more games and get to know the guys more. It's all about building relationships. I, I know this baseball's hard. Like you can look at the back of my baseball card and you know how hard the game was. And that's something I try to remember every time I'm in the booth, if somebody's having a bad day or, you know, somebody, uh, just things aren't going right. Instead of, bashing somebody uh, realizing hey it happens you know you got to figure it out but there's also a fine line of fans know what they're watching too you know and I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly where that balance is and hopefully this year I get it all figured out. 
<laughs> Good luck. It's uh, yeah, it's a tough you. thing to to um, find that balance with fans. I, I, I social media is so scary. Yeah. I turn on Twitter during the games because yes. uh, it, it's. Uh, I learned quickly that uh, not everybody's going to like you. And, uh, <laughs> True. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Okay. It's true. That's true. Well, uh, I always appreciate your insight. I think it's always interesting to hear the perspective of guys who've who've been there um, and and now are seeing it from a little bit of a different perspective. Last question for you: When you look at the pitching staff that the Cardinals have this year, do you have a favorite pitch from any one of those guys? Oh, this is really good. This is really good. Oh man, there's so many. I, I know. I, yeah, to me, I, I still think it's it's going to be. It's hard for me to not pick Uncle Charlie here. Okay, I want to. I want to pick Wayno's curveball. So I'll say that's a, a second. To me, it's Jack Flaherty slider. To me, is is uh, that thing? It's Nintendo. It, it really is. It looks like he just pulls the string late. It's hard. Uh, and it's so good. But I could have picked anything from Miles Michaelis as well. So what about you? You got a favorite one? What, man, when Carlos Martinez is pitching well, uh, his sinker is oh, just, it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to not give a, a little bit of an honorable mention nod to J- to uh, Jordan Hicks, just because, because it's six. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, that, that Carlos Martinez sinker when, when he's throwing it well is a thing of beauty. No doubt, no doubt. That's a, that's a good choice, also. There is. I don't think there's a bad choice, really. No. There, there are so no. many to choose from, but I always uh, am curious to know the answer to that. So, Brad, thanks so much for your time today. Um, taking time to to do something resembling work on your birthday. Hopefully, there's no, not no. too much more of that. Going to work right after this, anyhow. <laughs> talking about the same stuff. This is a good prep for me. Perfect. A little bit of a warm up. Uh, lots more to come from you this season. We'll look forward to all of that. And, uh, and to what the Cardinals do this year. So thanks for your time. No problem, Terry. Thank you very much for having me. So let me ask you the same question. Of the pitchers currently in the Cardinals organization, who has your favorite pitch and what is it? Let me know in the comments below or tweet it at me and we'll talk more about it as the season goes on. We'll see which pitch reigns supreme as we get into spring training now just a couple of weeks away. Thanks again to Brad Thompson for joining me and you should all wish him happy birthday even though by the time you see this it'll be at least a day late. Do it anyway. Show the man some love and be sure to tune in to all of his coverage with ESPN as well as Fox Sports Midwest throughout this season. For me, well, we'll be back next time on Winter Wonderland. You can also check out the latest Chirps at Birds on the Black podcast on whatever your favorite podcast listening service is. And continue to check out the coverage over at birdsontheblack.com. We're getting closer to the season. I know there's a ton of great stuff being cooked up over there, so make sure you don't miss any of it. For Brad, for Birds on the Black, I'm Tara Wellman, and I'll see you next time.